0: So welcome back to the podcast today I have Tiffany human with me she is a career strategy coach a LinkedIn learning instructor and a former fortune 500 senior director and I was connected by a mutual friend Maya and I'm super excited that to have Tiffany on the podcast today Tiffany how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I'm so happy that Maya connected us and that we're able to have this, this great conversation today. I think it's going to help a lot of people. No,
0: I think so too. And, and what I'm excited about is because generally we talk about how to get the job, but today we're actually going to be talking about the first 90 days after you get the job. And And, and I want to kind of preface by saying like a lot of times, especially if you're a college student, you're graduating, you're getting your first job, you think that getting a job is the finish line. But to me, I actually think it is the beginning of your marathon. And the first mile, like the first 90 days, maybe the first half a mile, maybe, uh, is so important because it sets the foundation. So I definitely wanted to speak with Tiffany about it because she has so much experience on how to have a successful career, right? How to get promoted faster and how to just manage your relationship with your with your leadership team so that you can be seen as a high potential. So Tiffany, you know, you know, we can get started, but tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about, you know, what makes you qualified to kind of speak on this topic? Because you definitely have a.
1: (laughs) (laughs) for sure. It's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. I think you said that so well that it's not just about landing the job. It's what do you do once you're there. And that's been a huge inspiration for me, Daniel. And what brought me into becoming a career strategy coach in the first place. Um, because like probably a lot of our listeners, I was in the corporate space for many years over 13 years and I had a very fruitful career path there. Um, I'm a marketing background, um, in my corporate space and I love my roles. I loved the company that I worked for. I worked for L'Oreal for many years. Um, I achieved seven promotions in under 10 years. So definitely figured out a thing or two around career acceleration. But there's a lot of things that school never teaches us to set us up for success in the real working world. And that really kicks in once we start transitioning into our workplace. So I think today's topic is going to be really, really important for, for all of our, our listeners because it's those things that aren't always intuitive, right? School teaches us a lot around focusing on our work as the main metric for performance and success, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more to it than that. And that starts from day one in a new job. So I've really love um, being a career strategy coach, working with clients from around the world to really position you as the top 1%. And that directly helps accelerate your growth track, your income, your confidence, but also focusing a lot on workplace dynamics and navigating that space in a way that will really activate your most successful you. So yeah, that's a little Mm -hmm. bit about me.
0: No, I I love it. And I I think it's so important. I have a theory, like I, I feel like you know whenever we're making really important decisions we buy a house we buy it we use the realtor when we're planning for retirement we use a financial advisor but very very few people actually have a career coach in their corner advocating for them they think that hey that's hr's role but the reality is like hr might care and they might want to help you but their priority is the employer they're they're there to help with liabilities their help and try to do what's best for the organization and you need someone in your corner and so i think hiring you know not only somebody just to help you get a job like like what we do at opni but also helping you maintain that career which i know that's what you do uh, and we can talk a little bit about that uh, towards the end i think it's really really important is it's, it's probably going you know, to to me is a better investment than the fortune five the, this S&P 500 you know you should be like S&P me right for investing in you but um, <laughs> that's not my phrase I I, that's, I stole it shamelessly for one of my favorite influencers Alex Harmozi um, he talks about Oh
1: yeah, that. it's a good one. Yeah. Well, you're your most profitable investment, right? If you're not investing in yourself, what are you investing in? You know, you have to develop yourself and find those opportunities that's going to allow you to become that best version. And, and a lot of that is investing in ourselves in coaching that can bring that objectivity and non-biased view that's going to have your vested interest to succeed as a top priority. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. So getting the job extremely hard, but hey, I got it, Tiffany. I got the job. But yeah, <laughs> what should I do with the first 90 days? We you know we hear the 90 days are important. There's a really good book called The First 90 Days. Like, th- There's definitely, yeah. the first 90 days are super important, but why are they that important? And what should I be thinking about?
1: Yeah, so they're important for a few reasons. I'd say the first is, those first 90 days is a typical learning curve in a new job or a new role. Normally, it's a good three months to really start getting a feel of things kind of getting a bit of momentum building it's not going to happen day one it's not going to happen week one but by the end of that three months you want to have a pretty good indication of where you're at in the role and feeling a little bit more comfortable of expectations and what is to come for you and your own progression within that particular role or function Um, so that's normally why that first 90 days is so pivotal because you need to be able to set the right precedent for yourself and even beyond like the 90 days, I even like breaking it up into more digestible parts around like the first week, the first 30 days, the Mm -hmm. first 60 days, and then as a combination, the first 90 days as a whole, because what you're doing in those different stages also evolves and, and changes as you're getting more ramped up in that learning curve. I'd say the first 90 days is also really important because it's where a lot of unnecessary turnover ends up happening. And and this could be on both sides, right? It could be on the employer side who isn't necessarily doing what they can to best set their new employees up to succeed, whether in onboarding or training or resources, uh, access, all of that. But the employee also has an important role to play of putting the cards on their side and being proactive and taking initiative to seek the support that they need to best succeed early on. So for those reasons, I say it's a really critical time and the the beauty of it too, Daniel, and I think what a lot of people are going to take away from today's episode is this can apply even when you're changing roles. So even if you're already in the company and you're moving into a new role, the same principles we're going to talk about today very much apply. Um, And it's something that you can use and reuse as you continue to grow in your career. Yeah,
0: no, I, I think... I am a big fan of like taking the first 90 days as a, like one of the most important parts of your career, especially in the new role, because it sets the foundation for the rest of the time that you're in that role, right? You either generate this halo effect or you generate this horn effect that will either when, when things are not going well, your manager might just give you the benefit of the doubt or might already be making ex- like saying, oh, he wasn't going to work out in the first place. So I think you know the first 90 days. Setting that up and having a game plan for those first, uh, you know, 30, 60, 90 days um, in your first job is going to allow you to to just not only be successful in the role, but allow you to get promoted faster because you start getting, uh, you know, Put into like a high potential employee, so then more resources are invested into you so I'll, I'll let you dive into a little bit of the, about that like how would you so how would you break it down you you're mentioning like you know breaking down the night even the 90 days should be broken down into like 30 60 90 but what should be the focus in the first 30 days
1: yeah so so let's even start with like the first day and yeah. first week, right? Because when you're starting that first day, especially if it's like a physical in work environment or a virtual, that's going to vary things a little bit. But normally that first day and that first week and even first month is going to be a lot about just absorbing yep. information, almost like a sponge. Like you're just going to be soaking up a lot of insight and knowledge. And that's okay. That is most often like the expectation in the first 30 days in any new role. But that first day and first week is going to help set the precedent of what that knowledge intake is going to look like for you. So normally you want to have a meeting with your boss that first day, kind of get a lay of the land around their expectations for you in the role. A great thing to discuss either that first day with them or that first week is getting a feel of the objectives that you're being evaluated against in that role, because that's going to be your roadmap, right? That's going to be how they're measuring success for you. And you don't want to wait months and months to have that kind of conversation. You're much better off going into the role knowing, okay, like these are the things that they're expecting me to do or expecting me to deliver on. And even though you're not going to do that as of day one, it's good to have that kind of foresight. So, you know, okay, those are the types of things that they put more emphasis on as my manager. Um, Another thing that you're really going to want to emphasize in that first week is getting a feel of who you should be working with and integrating with sooner than later. And your boss can be a great resource for that to help you understand, is it maybe focusing with your immediate team in that first week? Are there other types of stakeholders in the company that you should maybe be meeting with sooner than later? They might also assist you in setting up those types of initial touch points and integration meetings, or maybe they're going to want you to do that but a big part in those initial conversations with your manager is understanding the communication dynamic, right? Both in the expectations in your role, but also how they want to communicate with you and vice versa. Are they big on email? Are they big on in-person status meetings? Are they big on like MS teams or an internal messenger platform? Like these are, they they seem so basic when we say it, but honestly that's where so many miscommunications happen out of the gate because you haven't set that foundation of how am I going to most effectively communicate with my manager and them towards me. So those are some like really critical things that you want to do very much out of the gate as of day one, week one to give yourself the proper footing to set up for success.
0: Yeah, no, Absolutely. And one thing too, I think it's important is also not only the way you're setting up like proper, like, how are we going to communicate? What is the best way to communicate? How often are we meeting in person? Or how often are we, you know, having like a one-on-one and a checkup call? But also I think it's important to have clarity on what are your expectations are on the number side, right? What are your KPIs, right? Because if you don't know how, how how, how is your boss keeping score, then you don't know if you're going to win or lose this game. 100%.
1: 100%. And that that that's exactly the type of conversation you need to have early. You know, I kind of say it, it's like driving a car without an end destination. Like you can go down so many different paths and make wrong turns and realize, oh, I should have been focusing on path B this whole time, but I was only focusing on path A. So don't be shy in having those conversations at the outset and you could really position it with your boss is saying, you know, I'm really excited to be here, it's a role. I, I really am eager to get started on and I'd love to get a feel of how you're measuring success for me in this role. Maybe we can go in detail around some of the objectives or, or KPIs, yeah. like key performance indicators that I'm being evaluated against so I have a good gauge of what I should be paying attention to in my onboarding and in these like first 30, 60, yeah. 90 days together. You could even go so far, Daniel, in that first week with your boss to actually plan out what that 30, 60, 90 days should look like, right? And that kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying around the expectations, right? So maybe by the end of 30 days, your boss is going to say, you know what, Daniel, I, I just want you to like have as many meetings as you can with people in the company. Um, and if anything, focus on like ABC. And then by the end of the 60 days, this is going to be more my expectation. And so by the end of the first 90 days together, this is where I'd like you to be. And that's a great conversation because then you're like, okay, that's clear. That's actionable. I have a good feel of where I'm going and I have my boss's alignment on that. Um, another thing that I'd say that's also really important in that first week and it kind of ties with the communication dynamic, but really understanding where your boss wants to be involved because once again, that's a great way to either avoid miscommunications and problems, uh, or end up in a very bad situation. So this could be simply asking your boss, you know, what are certain areas of my work or projects where you want to be really involved or where you'd want to have you know direct approvals or touch points with me? And the sooner you know that, the better. That way, when you're working on things, you'll know, okay, my boss likes to be involved at the very beginning, so I'm going to book a meeting with them to review that. Versus getting too far into something, only for them to say, "Hey, like, why didn't you show this to me sooner?" So, just a little few tips and tricks there that can really help protect yourself and know where you have more permissions to have further autonomy in your work.
0: No, I think that the communication is so important and having that, like, having creating the thirty-sixty-nine game plan with your boss, so you're both aligned on what the, the mile markers are, and then you know where you want, where does he want to be involved? Because it's like is the importance of being able to manage up, right? Like, you know, we think like our managers are managing us, but like, I would even say more importantly, especially if you want to take control of your career, is how you manage up, uh, how you manage your manager, right? Uh, And having clear expectations of what they're looking for, how they want to be communicated. Do they want a weekly uh, weekly update or a daily update, Uh, you know? That all plays a really, really uh, important role so what about so what would be what do you think are the differences between what you do in the first thirty days versus between the thirty to sixty uh, day mark?
1: Yeah, so probably once you've gotten through that first thirty days, where you've probably at that point had you know a lot of integration meetings, you kind of have a good feel of what your role and responsibilities are versus your immediate team members, extended team members, and whatnot. Now in that thirty to sixty days, you're probably going to start you know showing showing some moves, right? You're probably going to start taking action on some of the work um, more actively. And that's not to say that you're not doing any work in the first 30 days, you probably are, but it's probably at a more like elementary level versus that level that you're gonna get to from that 30 to 60. So this is where you want to start identifying, okay, what are the lead projects that you're gonna be taking on? What are some quick wins that you can kind of get under your belt? Because you might not be able to make that large of an impact that early on. But there's probably areas that you can make a great impact on fairly quickly. This could be helping to identify like problem areas, opportunity areas, um, getting some some ideas of wins that you can have in areas of the work or people that you're supporting in your work. Um, But it's going to tie a lot back with those 30, 60, 90 day kind of roadmap milestones that you've set with your boss and making sure that you're really in line to achieve those. Um, another thing that you're probably going to want to get a good feel on between that 30 to 60, 90 days is the internal meeting culture. Um, you know, if you are going into a company that's very meeting heavy, that is something I know that can overwhelm a lot of new employees or new hires in a role where you're kind of just thrown into the deep end and you're like, I don't know what my role is in this meeting. I'm just being pulled in all different directions. I'm struggling to get my work done. So you really want to understand whether from your boss, your team, extended team members, what the purpose of these different meetings are that you're involved in, what your role is. Is it an active role? Is it a passive role? Is it more of an FYI? And help that better manage your schedule in that first 30 to 60, 90 day mark because you don't want all of your time to be eaten up with emails and meetings when you're trying to already get ramped up and make some impact directly in your work.
0: No, absolutely. And then what about, like, so what do you think should be the goal? Generally speaking, I know it would, it would definitely change a lot based on the role and, you know, the responsibilities that you have. By the end of the 90 days, what should be the goal? Like, like at least what should be some of the things that you should have hoped to have accomplished um, in, in, in the first 90 days of this role?
1: yeah i think a really important piece there that's sometimes overlooked is the relationship Mm -hmm. side of things so i would want to make sure that in those first 90 days you are making intentional efforts of meeting people speaking with people letting people know who you are and how you're going to support them Um, it's not just about the work as much as we might feel going into a role and like i said earlier a school kind of teaches us that that our work is the most important metric for success but Do not discard the importance of networking and relationship building and stakeholder management. So you want to be able to make moments outside of your work to exchange with people, meet people, learn from people, maybe have further integration meetings on your own part. By the end of the ninety days, you also want to have a good feel that you've already accomplished some of your initial mm-hmm. wins that you've established with your your manager. These could be things on some of the smaller projects that you're taking on, but you you want to have at least like have a handful of yeah. wins, not twenty or thirty, but maybe a good five. That could be process driven, operation driven, um, you know, results driven. Whether you're you know in a sales role, finance role, marketing role. Uh, Uh, engineering role it doesn't really matter but for your specific function you'll probably be able to identify these are some wins I want to work towards that will help further build my track record early on and one of the things I really love suggesting Daniel by the end of the 90-day mark is you're gonna have probably gathered enough insight of where there's just general opportunity areas and what I like to recommend especially for my clients is almost creating like a diagnostic action Mm -hmm. plan where you have taken all the insights, all the knowledge, all the conversations that you've had in those first 90 days, and you've kind of compiled it into your takeaways of where there's opportunity to improve. And you want to share this with your boss almost as like a brainstorm conversation of look, you know, from these first 90 days, here's the things that I've worked on. Here's the things that I've been able to accomplish. And in these first, three months, I've also noticed some important opportunity areas that I'd love to review with you. And you can then run through what those opportunities are, why you've deemed them important. Maybe it's even coming from feedback that you've received from people that Mm -hmm. you're working with. So it's going to help support them because you're kind of getting what those pain points are and then you could align with your boss if they are on the same page with you you know actioning some of these how to move forward but it's going to show a great level of initiative on your part that you're trying to constantly evolve and improve yourself in the business and they're going to appreciate that because they didn't necessarily ask that of you but it shows your level of intention and perception and observation that can be a great skill set to amplify by the end of that first 90 days Yeah,
0: absolutely so the 90 days happened, you know, it was, it was a great, like I talked to my boss after my 90 days checkup, he's like, you know what, Daniel, super happy with your work, and we're glad that we were reti- uh, you're doing a good job. How do I keep the momentum going, and then how does that then translate to me accelerating my career growth, which is, I know that's what you have multiple uh, uh, programs on as well
1: yeah so that 30-day mark even though it's not like an official performance for performance review moment typically you could kind of use it as a way of building an initial career path Mm. dialogue with your boss So once you kind of get that touch point, and by the way, if they don't book this with you, you should book that with them by the end of those 90 days, like a touch point to your point, Daniel, like, how am I doing? Do you have any feedback for me? And seeking out feedback is a great tool to leverage in those first 90 days, because if you don't know, you can't action, Mm -hmm. right? And even if you get constructive feedback, I'm a big believer that you'd rather know that feedback so you can action it rather than not know it at all, because they're probably still thinking it. They're just not telling you that. Right? So don't be shy to ask for feedback in those moments. Um, but once you have that kind of feedback, maybe you're on the right track, maybe there's some opportunity areas. Great. Build on that. Say, okay, thank you so much for sharing that with me. You know, I, this is really great insight because as you know, something that I really want to work towards over these next, you know, nine months or towards the end of the year is to position myself well for kind of this kind of evolution in my role or working towards that kind of next step. And so, You know, I'd love to know if there's certain opportunities Mm. or focus areas that you recommend that I I go even more focused on in these next months to help position me best for that. So you're not necessarily saying, I need a promotion tomorrow, but you're already starting the conversation to kind of, again, have that foresight between where you're at now, where you want your point B to be, and what needs to happen between now and then to put the cards on your side to make it happen. And that's where career path dialogues and acceleration doesn't have to feel nerve-wracking or overwhelming. It's really just taking control, initiating those dialogues, and showing that level of of, of seriousness that you take in your career progression.
0: I, I love how you you're mentioning like you're about being proactive, but you're saying initiating those dialogues, and I and I see this all the time because I think like I think about my wife who, who's in corporate America and she's just absolutely amazing. Maybe I'm a little biased, but she's really good at her job. But I think in the beginning of her career, she wasn't initiating those conversations. And she thought if I just put my head down and do the work, like I'll let the numbers speak for themselves. And I think like, you do need to do the work. So like, this is not about not, not doing the work. I think you do need to do the work, but if you're doing the work, let's make sure that you're getting the credit for it. And it's having those conversations, you know, sometimes you need to, you know, Pat yourself in the back, and I think there's a balance on how you do that where you sound confident versus cocky. Uh, But I think it is super important, just like you want to network when you need to get a job, but once you're in the company that you're, you know, that you're having those conversations proactively, setting expectations and saying, hey, you know, what are some of the key, uh, what are some of the skill gaps that I need to you know, make up and having these conversations with your boss? Like, what do I need to do to get to the next role? Um, and, and setting up those conversations are, are just very, very important. And I know that's what you, you you work a lot with clients about. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do um, and, and how you work with clients who are looking to accelerate their career?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And if I can build really quickly first on what you were sharing, it's such an important piece around advocating for yourself. It's it's one of the things I coach my clients on how to do very effectively because you're right. Obviously you need to be good at your job. If you want to accelerate your promotion track, Mm -hmm. salary raises, all of that, but it's not enough, right? You need to be able to showcase and highlight the impact and value that you're creating and you don't want to just let your work speak for itself. I used to fall into that trap and I learned that a bit the hard way in the outset of my career where it's like, okay, I can't just let my work do all the heavy lifting. I need to put myself out there. I need to strategically share what I'm doing and and not just what I'm doing, but the results I'm concretely bringing myself. I'm going to share a, a question before I get yeah. into your other question, Daniel, of how I support my clients in this. But, It's something I think is going to really help our listeners in helping them advocate for themselves better and not feeling cocky when they're taking credit or or acknowledging their own work with vis-a-vis their manager or senior leaders. Ask yourself this one question, which is, what wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there? Okay? So what wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there? I love this question because it really helps you very easily distinguish between what you've done and what your team has done and i know that that's sometimes very hard to to distinguish when you're starting out you're in a new role it's it really is a team effort and that's not to discount the team of course there's a role for that and an acknowledgement for that but you need to be able to decipher and take away without this, without me doing this, this wouldn't have happened. And that's a great way of taking ownership for your wins and owning those accomplishments in a bigger way that will directly feed into your acceleration. So that kind of feeds into a lot of what I I love doing, Daniel. It's, uh, I, again, like I said at the beginning, I really love positioning people to become the top 1% because we just do things differently there. We don't wait for opportunities to happen. We create them, right? We, do a lot of strategic and intentional efforts that positions us best in light of our career goals and aspirations. Um, and so part of this could be around really building up the right confidence and mindset to fuel that career growth. Part of this could be around building up a really effective and distinct personal brand that is founded on strengths and differentiating qualities and leadership impact, legacy and support network. A big part of it is around communication. I love coaching on communication because that's probably one of the most important yet underrated yeah. skills that will absolutely make or break the success that you want to see for yourself. And and one other facet that is just really core to at least my coaching philosophy is work-life balance because I never want anyone to feel that If they want to be the top one percent that everything else has to be compromised in their life because it doesn't have to be that way you just have to be smart and know where to focus your time and energy in a way that allows you to catapult your success without compromising your personal life or well-being and other priorities that you have that are really important for you Um, so that's kind of a little bit of an, an overview of some of the areas that i really love focusing on and then of course mixed in with that is a lot of kind of workplace dynamics workplace essentials uh, because those day-to-day moments count. It's like those, what might feel like micro moments actually build up into the bigger moments that make all the difference in your visibility, in your recognition, in your exposure, in how people speak of you, in your perception, in your reputation. So those moments matter. And I love helping people realize the importance of that and how to action those most effectively. And
0: that's amazing. So if, if people listening want to learn more about what working with you is like, it. Where should they go find you? Is, what's the best place to, to do so?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, there's a few options. Uh, first off, feel free to check out my website, www.tiffanyhuman.com You'll see um, how you can work with me there. I have my different programs. I offer a group mentorship program called Inevitable Success, which is amazing and focused a lot on navigating the workplace. Um, I have another coaching program, which is really my signature program called career success, fast track. So that dives a lot on the career acceleration and positioning yourself as that top 1%. Um, but you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to see if you tune into our episode, let me know what your biggest takeaways were. You could find me there at Tiffany human, um, or also on Instagram at Tiffany I'm very active there. So feel free to follow me or send me a DM. Let me know what you really appreciated from, um, this great episode with Daniel today on navigating the first 90 days and
0: we'll put all this uh links on the show notes so make sure you check it out and connect with her uh tiffany you are awesome thank you so much this was even very helpful for me Um, i'm about to to be like my wife needs to listen to this episode because i think uh now that she just actually is in the beginning of her job right she or she just got promoted to a different role so um she's in those 90 days i would say so thank you again so much for this you're amazing and talk to you all later
1: oh Thank you so much, Daniel. It was great to be here. Bye.
0: So we're back, and this. Episode. I'm going to raft about the 30, 60, 90 day game plan that you should be creating when you're going into the interview. So in this episode that you just listened to, we're going to be talking about the first 30, 60, 90 days when you have the job. And we brought in an amazing guest, Tiffany, who is amazing at managing your career and accelerating your career so you can get to the top 1%. But what's really important too is creating a 30, 60, 90-day game plan when you're going to the interview. And here's what I want you to think about. Every time a company hires, they're making an investment, right? And Because if they're paying you, they can't do, that, do anything else with that money. So a company is looking at an investment of hiring you. They have to look at, okay... If I bring them in, how am I gonna get my money back? How is Daniel or you, right, gonna either generate enough revenue to cover his expense of hiring him or save the company enough money that is profitable to hire you. They're not hiring you to break even. Look, even nonprofits are not doing that. And a really good way to showcase that you're ready to work, that you've done your research, that you're gonna come in and hit the ground running so that you can start generating income or saving the company money, is creating a 30, 60, 90 day game plan. Now, that game plan is what you can use as the base of the conversation with your boss on the first week with Tiffany discussed in the episode but it will allow you to then talk to them and let them know that you've done your homework, that you've you know either spoken with people on the team or, or spoken with people that will be your coworkers, you've done your research on the role, that you know that there's maybe a skill gap in how you're gonna make it up, that you're gonna communicate and learn the company culture. And that's really, really important. And if you're struggling to make this a simple hack, is just go to ChatGPT and just write like 30, 60, 90 day game plan for a software engineer at Meta, as an example, and use that with the job description and with what you've learned in the first interview with the recruiter to prepare a really nice document that can help you show how serious you are about this role and how you're ready to hit the ground running. And and I will tell you, we do this with our clients where we create this as part of a potential proof document and that's a, a, an aspect of the potential proof document. And it's so impressive to the hiring managers that you took the, the time to do this and that you're already thinking like, you already have the role and that level of confidence is going to help you in the interview, make it a lot easier and dramatically help you increase the chances of getting hired. So hope you found that helpful. Again, thank you so much. Like and subscribe. Uh, If you're enjoying this podcast, share it with someone that is in the job search process and needs maybe some of this advice. Again, thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode.